You're tuned in to the Lone Star Lowdown, your favorite sports podcast where we're talking professional, college, and fantasy sports with your host, Ty Henderson, Shay Holt, and Corey Guidry. Welcome back to the Lone Star Lowdown. Ty Henderson here, Shay Holt, Corey Guidry, Brock Bollinger. You got it right right there, Brock? No, but it's fine. Bollinger? There we go. Talking to the mic. Talking to the mic. Uh, what What is today? It's June 20th. Yes, sir. Summer Eve. Summer officially starts tomorrow. Uh, it's supposed to be 108 here in Austin, Texas this week. What a way to celebrate. You hear his voice already. We have Keenan Womack once again in the studio, our first reoccurring guest of Season 2 of the Lone Star Lowdown. What's up, Keenan? Oh, man, nothing much. It's like uh, it's like Christmas for me, man. It's just it's like March Madness, NBA Finals, you know, college football playoff. NBA draft. Those are like my favorite sporting events. Probably. Hell yeah. We, he said it best. We'll be talking pretty much all NFL or NBA draft here on today's edition of the Lone Star Lowdown. Uh, you can find Keenan Womack on Orange Bloods. Yeah, yeah. So at Keenan Womack on Twitter, I write for Rivals slash Orange Bloods, uh, Texas Longhorns Rivals affiliate, and I run my own site called DraftPunkOfficial.substack. So I was about to mention it. I was about to mention it. Oh, I thought you wanted me to. I thought you gave me a look like, hey, will you do the intro? Sorry. No, no, you're good. No, you're good. I just can't shut the hell up. You definitely did it a lot better than I did. I was talking about how bad I am at intros. I'm sure this is going very smoothly so far. Killing it, bro. Um, But yeah, no, I've been checking out your draft board. We'll definitely be going over it for the next, you know, hour plus here. Um, Tuesday, today, draft on Thursday. What are your, what are your, what are your thoughts right now about the number two pick? What's going to happen there? Yeah, so that you know, the number two pick is what people are kind of saying is like that's when the draft starts here, right? Because we all know number one is going to be Wemby. So uh, there's really two guys I think that could go to. I think it's either G League Ignite point guard Scoot Henderson, who, by the way, on the last pod I said he was six two. He measured at the combine he's six four. So that's how has he grown. He, that's possible too. He's like 18. Um, he's also got a six, nine wingspan. Um, so he's a great. He's that's amazing. When you're a guard that you can contest wings with your, with your length. You can only 200 wings. pounds though, from what I'm seeing. Oh, he's on, slight, on the, on the but, but he's pretty strong for his build. Um, which is like, he's like very explosive. He can finish through contact. I think I compared him to Derek Rose last time I was on the pod. That's who he kind of reminds me of. Um, He's not like the the Wimbenyama level of like generational. We've never seen anything like this before. Uh, but he is definitely has all star upside in my mind. Um, I think he is a very talented passer. Uh, he's a really good mid range pull up jump shooter. He doesn't really have a three yet, but he averaged almost seven assists per game last year. Um, pretty high usage rate, but still, and uh, you know, two to one assist to turnover so ratio. So, if we're talking about competition at the college level and the G League level, what's G League's better? Yeah, and he's been in it for two years. Two years. Yeah, he went in as seventeen year old. Okay. He he left high school to play G League Ignite um, when he was 17. Okay, Did he but, drop out? No, he finished early, I think. Okay. I think he okay, like, took extra classes or something. Do you think Scoot Henderson, from what I've been hearing, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been, I don't follow along as well as you do, obviously. Sure. It's, it's your job to cover basketball. But um, LaMelo Ball and Scoot Henderson, I, is it not? That doesn't sound like it's the best combo of players. Do you think Charlotte can try to move that pick, maybe move back? 
I've been hearing maybe a little Zion Wilson or Williamson, you know, Mariah Mills talk this week. <laughs> hey. Aside from that, you know, Dude, she should go he's to been jail. in trade. He's been in. You know, she got suspended stuff. on Twitter. She should. Way. She's extorting Zion. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I would say, um, sorry, we we got okay. Zion. You said Lamelo and Scoot, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think that works really well. So if you here's the blueprint for the two ball dominant guard offense. It's the Houston Rockets. Remember those Houston Rockets teams that had Harden and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. That's the blueprint. That's how it works. So I get so looking at Chris Brandon Paul Miller situation. Scoot, and then Lamelo can play. So Lamelo's a better off ball player than Scoot is, in my opinion. I think. I think he is. So Scoot's a point guard. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent point guard. And I, I, like I said last time, man, if you're at the two pick, man, you gotta just take the best player there, in my opinion. I think Miller is less Paul George and more Chris Middleton. So it's like, what do you want? Which would you rather have? Is Miller? That effective on defense, though? He's a pretty good I mean, defender. I feel like Chris pretty good defender. came into the league as, like, a stopper first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of – I mean, he's got great length, too, man. He's 6'9 at the wing spot, you know, and he's got, I think, a 7'1 wingspan. Um, and, you know, he – obviously, he can shoot pretty well. I think his defense is is pretty good uh, on the perimeter especially. Um, he can even play a little bit. He can't be a full-time rim protector, obviously, but he can play a little bit of secondary rim protection. You know, roll over on uh, on rotations, maybe block shots, or or, or get hands and passing lanes so, or whatever. Here, let me... So, Keenan, he's been on our show before, but if you have not heard, he is a Mavs fan. I'm a Mavs fan. I am. Shea, Brock, and Corey are all Rockets fans. I have a comparison here for you. Yeah. Dorian Finney-Smith with a better shot. That kind of length on the wing, defensively, or worse I than that? I think Miller is offensively or defensively? I'm just, just saying pure defense. Pure, like, defense. Yeah, I, I think say, that's I, not a bad comp, actually. That's not. I haven't thought about that. Just, but defensively, that makes sense. Yeah, offensively, Brandon's way better. So do you Do you make anything of the off-the-field or off-the-court no. stuff with Brandon Miller? No. no. You don't put any stock I into that? I don't care. I don't okay. think it matters. I, mean, I, I don't like think he... A I mean, lot of guys are dealing with that. It's just not everybody. Yeah, line, I, I mean, like, yeah, that was a weird situation. <laughs> he, I, I just, I don't think if he's not charged with anything, I think it's hard to, to like. It was a sticky him. situation. It was a sticky situation. I'm I not saying he walked out clean. I'm just saying like it wouldn't affect my view on him as a prospect. Well, there is a kind of comparison with Lyle Collins in football had the exact same thing uh-huh. when he went to the Cowboys. Uh, what do you mean? But Lyle Collins like straight up didn't do anything. Yeah, but he didn't get charged or anything. I know. I mean, like, I don't know the case intimately. Brand, just, Brandon Miller, like, brought, he handed a gun to the, a guy. Brought the dude the gun in his. Well, car. the how's he not being an accomplice? That's what I'm. I whether I, I, whether I care about what he did is not really relevant. It's no. what, what do NBA care team care? No, no he's no. still top also, five. He's going to go number two or three. Like, Leo sure. Collins also fell significantly because no, he didn't of that. get drafted. That's what I'm saying. Well, I wasn't comparing where they're going to get drafted. I, yeah, I'm I, comparing the fact that Lyle didn't have any issues when he got to the league. That's what I'm saying. That's a little bit different because so, he straight up didn't do, like, he was, like, implicated in the case that he actually was, like, not there at all. Like, Brandon Miller he was, there. was but, there when that girl got shot. But my point is, though, he didn't do anything, and he still fell significantly, whereas Brandon Miller that's not maybe the comparison did something, I'm making, and he's going to go number two overall. There was some more. Yeah. There was way more time in between. Like, with Lyle Collins, that was, like, the week before the draft. Yeah. And they were, like, the the – Baton Rouge Police Department was like, oh, we're bringing him in for questioning. He's a suspect. And everybody was like, all right, fuck it. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're just going to wait it out. I mean, again, bit. whether whether Miller's guilty or innocent, the NBA doesn't really care. Just being honest. Hey, John Morant just got 25 games, Let's bro. Say, yeah. Well, he's not in the NBA <laughs> yet. flashing a lighter. I was going to say, you can't suspend somebody for <laughs> something. He hasn't done anything yet, and it's not on camera. You know? 
the pros. Um, no, I, I understand why you might be hesitant. Not you in particular. I just mean the the royal you. Um, but yeah, I could see. I could see. Um, I think Bama had. I mean, they had, obviously had a great team this year. Um, I think Nate Oates is is, is a really good. Uh, Really good coach. I think his offensive leader, system is... Good leader, though? No. Leader I mean... No, not at all. No, I mean offensively. The offense is gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, he The offense is gorgeous. Basket, Alabama's a basketball school now. Uh, I mean, in football, obviously, but they like they are no. They're they're killing it in recruiting, at, man. They just grant, landed Grant Nelson out of North Dakota State. That dude's a monster. You know who that is? I do not. Okay, so he's he's a six eleven. Is that the guy. white guy? Yeah, that is cold. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I think nasty, I've seen you post about him on Twitter. He's averaging like twenty. He averaged like twenty two and twelve last year, and he can like shoot from like the mid range. Like he's a freak, dude. He's like a power forward type, uh, and he dominated at North Dakota State last year. And I think he's going to be a perfect fill in for Noah Clowney next season. Hell yeah. Um, so Brandon Miller. Yeah. We we're talking Sorry. about him. We, I don't even remember what we were originally talking we were, about. We were just talking about well, we're how talking he's kind of like Dorian Finney-Smith okay. on the defensive yeah. side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Where do, you, where do you see him going? Do you see so Brandon? You, yeah. So you, you two think, or three. You think Scoot number two to I Charlotte think, if, if Charlotte doesn't trade that pick? Do you think – you think It's sorry, like a toss-up. any chance that Charlotte trades that pick from what you're, you know, hearing? Man, if they're – Dumb, they'll trade it for Zion. They're stupid. I kind of want them. To. I don't think. I just how, how many games has he played in last Lamello, two years? Twenty nine games. Lamelo and Zion together. I realize. Oh, it would be nasty when they're on the court together. It's sell like, tickets. They'd get often. They'd, they'd get primetime games on ESPN. And that stuff. is true. But and if they both could stay healthy, that would legitimate. That might be, be nasty. That'd be a top three one two punch. In the that league. pick and roll would be. Unbelievable. And they haven't, I mean, the minority owners just bought out Michael Jordan. They probably yeah. want to try to, you know, change Make something. Money back, yeah. Yeah, I, no. Quick under. take on that. How the, uh, $3 million, sorry, $3 billion for part of an NBA franchise? 62%, something like that. It just seems high. Like, didn't the Denver Broncos just go for like five and a half or something? No, it was like 10. The the most? Nine. No, no it was no. like four and a half. No, the most The most valuable franchise in America is the Cowboys five point five billion. I think yeah, and but people say that there's overseas teams like FC Barcelona. People say to buy the Cowboys, the price would be ten. Yeah, Yeah. oh yeah, of course. That's what Jerry says. Well, Broncos sold the value to him is different. Well, we're not talking about those those franchises that are worth like the apex and their market. I'm talking about the Charlotte fucking uh, Hornets. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, part of it probably has to do with the Jordan. You know, the Jordan name. Honestly, that probably affected it, it. I don't know if you guys saw Air, but... Great movie. I just watched it like two days ago. Amazing movie. Highly recommend any basketball fans uh, check that out. It's about the creation of the Jordan shoe line. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, as far as like... W- w- you were going to say something. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was I was saying, I think... <clears throat> excuse me. The fact that it was like an, out, an inside buyer you know it was just sure 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 buyer. yeah yeah it they wasn't probably, like an outside sale you know it, there was a lot less to it they just probably like name they're probably like name your price yeah you know close to three billion came came down to it they're like all right you're michael jordan and you've been running this franchise in the ground for the last 15 years <sighs> no let's uh let's get you out good. the door gracefully and i mean he made he bought he bought in for like 200 million oh so yeah he he like 60 timed his his investment or something or Crazy. I'm so bad at math. I don't know what it, it is. Was but he's not 60, but 16, I think is what I meant to say. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. Made a lot of money. Um, anyway, should we move on to Amen for our Houston Rockets? Yeah, tell, friends. tell me tell me about Houston. Who, who should they take? Is he the guy? Is he turning us around? What's okay. going on? I will he, here's 
here are the two guys I would consider for Houston at four, assuming the top three goes Victor, Scoot, Brandon Miller, or Victor, Brandon Miller, Scoot. So assuming those are the top three picks, which I'm fairly certain they will be. Um, Amen Thompson, so he's a 20-year-old, so he's, he's a little bit old for the draft class, um, but he is a six foot seven uh, point guard with a 7-foot wingspan, weighs 205. He is legitimately, possibly will be the best athlete in the NBA the second he steps on the court. That's how good he is. He's that level of generational athleticism. He hadn't put it all together yet. So you're very high on this guy. I'm extremely you have high him, on You this have guy. him above Brandon I have a, Miller. I do have him above Brandon Miller because I just think Brandon Miller's ceiling is not even close to what Amen's could be. Here, here's what I said last time about Amen Thompson. This is sort of what he reminds me of. Forget all the off-the-court stuff. He's like a 6'7 John Morant, dude. He's like that freaky with the ball. He's that fast. Just springy, like quick first step kind of thing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable body control. So his... The problem with Amen Thompson, though, his jump shot is hideous. It's the ugliest jump shot I've ever seen from a professional basketball player in my life. <laughs> it's horrendous. But, so, the argument is right. Okay, so when he gets the ball, they'll just Westbrook him, right? They just sag off the defense. The problem is, he's so quick with the first step. If you're sagging off him defensively, you are not going to recover in time to meet him at the rim. Like, it's over. The second he has space... He's going to drive the rim. He's going to get there, and he's going to finish. He's a freak athlete. He's got six, seven, seven-foot wingspan. He's very hard to defend um, in, in a one-on-one situation. He's also an excellent passer. And, yes, the jump shot is awful. And I think he needs to tighten the handle a little bit hey, more, hey, too. Hey, Keenan, I just pulled – I just looked up Eamon Thompson's jump shot. Did you make this highlight video that has – it's just rotating Eamon Thompson and John Moran highlights here? No. Is that, is that <laughs> yeah. on YouTube? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even. That's weird. Sorry yeah, I guess other people. You, I no, just, no. I guess other people think the same thing I do. It's just like a 20-second clip, and it was yeah. like, how worrying is Eamon Thompson's jump shot? It's like him clanking two threes, and then like goes to Job Morant, two highlights of him just like yamming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, the Eamon Thompson three is horrendous, but. It wasn't as hideous as you here, here's the problem with saw. it. It's it's probably a little better now, but, like, originally when he would shoot, he, A, it was inconsistent, right? He would have, like, kind of different form every time he'd shoot. B, he'd lean his right for, right shoulder forward and would come up with the ball, like, across his body, so it would, like, come off his hand a weird way. Is that like Lonzo kind of used to do? Kind of, yeah, yeah but, but worse. But worse. But worse. He shot a better percentage than, than Scoot did, though, from deep. Oh, yeah, Scoot can't shoot from three at all. Um, but he also, if you look at, yeah, I guess the attempts are pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both bad three-point shooters, but Scoot is a is that much better. Scoot's a much better mid-range shooter. I mean, who's He's the, an excellent pull-up mid-range jump shooter. He's one of the best in the class. But who, like, who, is there any guard in the NBA right now that's elite that doesn't have a three-point shot? Uh, I have to think about it, but I think there's definitely effective players. That can but maybe you're, th- I mean, if he can shoot mid range, surely with enough work that could translate to the. Three. That's what I think too. If the, form the other thing, broke. the other thing with Scoot is he shot seventy six percent from the line, and Amen shot sixty six percent from the Ooh. line. And often, um, for those who don't know, you guys have probably heard this before, but for those who don't know, um, generally free throw percentage is a better indicator of future three-point percentage from college to the NBA than three-point percentage in colleges. Another thing that's interesting about the G League that makes Scoot interesting about his free-throw percentage is in the G League, when you get 
fouled on a shot, you get one free throw. And if you look at the averages, the second free throw, they're a lot more calm, and there's almost a 4 to 5% difference in accuracy on the second free throw. So the fact that he's taking one free throw every time uh, it and and still shooting better than, than Amen Thompson makes me think he's probably a better shooter than he showed from three. Okay. Sorry, that's super nerdy. But no, that 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 went no, deep. That's what we like. That that that, <laughs> that is what we're here hell. for. Uh, no, I'm gonna look at that stat every time I look at the NBA draft board and be like, all right. That's <laughs> how works I appreciate. It. Um, okay, so you you're thinking. I'm thinking Amen. That's who I'd take, man. If I'm Houston, that's who I take. Uh, if I'm the GM, so you have like uh, the most athletic backcourt in the league. One hundred percent. That's that's fun though. I can. It's, I'm oh, down for that. You and, talk about having fun, man. Yeah. Amen Thompson is fun. Especially, you think if James Harden came home, do you think all three no. of those guys he's, could coexist on the court? I, at a, once? I think they could, but B, I don't think he's going to go there. I, I, I heard very him. recently he's going to come back to Philly. Oh, that's so gross. Daryl Morey still wants him, apparently. So I mean, it's Morey ball, dude. It's the threes and freeze. Like it makes sense. I mean, he invented freeze and threes. Essential. Well, I mean, not to get too like deep historically, but like the whole threes and freeze. Uh, Daryl Morey, Morey ball thing about it's basically basketball analytics, driving draft picks. Um, that was really started. The whole offensive trying to get to the line and stuff was started by Mike D'Antoni in, in Phoenix when they were running the SSOL seven seconds or less. So their offense was you run down the floor, you push the pace, you shoot the ball within seven seconds of the shot clock starting. Mm -hmm. That way you have more opportunities to shoot and you have more opportunities to rebound, more opportunities for putbacks. And so that kind of gave birth to this analytical, like, okay, three pointers are worth this much more percentage than two pointers. Why aren't we taking way more three pointers? It changed the league, but also that kind of, that, that, the Mori ball doesn't work in the playoffs. That's definitely been proven. I don't also, know. I mean, they almost won a title in 20, was it 17? Where they 19 lost, maybe, where 19, maybe. Where they lost, where they missed all the threes. What, what season was that? Was that 19? That was the, that was the first KD championship, I want to say. When they, they were up 3-1? Yeah. Were, no, the, like, no. Houston easily could have won it that year. Easily. They were right there. Yeah, and, and against one of the best teams of all time. I think it works. I think James Harden doesn't work in the playoffs, though. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's true, you but know, I'm not games, talking about James Harden with this team. I'm, I'm just – Oh, in the, general. With the whole, you know, just trying to get to the free throw line method. Of sure, sure, and sure. In the playoffs, you just – you've seen him try to go to the lane, and all he's trying to do is get contact. The, he gets the contact, and the foul doesn't get called like he does in a regular season. Sure. And it just – it throws He's also out. not as athletic as he used to be. That's part of it. Too. Yeah, but that's this has been happening. You think for it, and from what I've seen from James, yeah, Harden, I've always kind of been. It. What I, you're yeah. talking about is exactly what happens every year that James Harden gets in the playoffs. He was always, you know, score uh, high up on the scoring list. I know he uh, led the league in scoring a couple seasons, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he just doesn't get the calls because playoff basketball is a different animal, mm -hmm. and the referees don't call those ticky tack fouls that get you to the line. That is so crucial in yes, that three and free uh, system that, yeah, the Rockets really pushed that to the limit and they didn't win them a championship, you know, probably because, yeah, they had the uh, Warriors dynasty to compete with. And yeah, that, that's why I think, you know, it it could, the, the blueprint, I think, is not doomed. I think that you could make it work with the right player. But Jay, it's not to say, like, James Harden couldn't be that, like, he just... He bought too much. He bought into the the idea of getting to the line too much. Do you think Harden did or Maury did? Harden did. Okay, yeah, player, no, I get that. Because when it comes down to it, like it's it not could, as aggressive. It could be the last two minutes of the game when every like we, we at home know they're not going to call a foul. Calling a foul yeah. And he still he, he did hit two game winners against Boston yeah, no, in the playoffs. No, but you know, he disappeared. Same. Like that was the first. No, he does. Games. He it's does usually that. elimination games, you know, and he gets tight. But, no, yeah. I mean, he's not, you gotta, he's not a number saying. one. He's like, a great player, and like, we've. I know if he didn't play like that, my, that was gonna be my whole point, was like, 
if he didn't focus on playing like that so much during the regular season, I think he would, you know, not do it as much in the playoffs and, like, try to actually get to the lane and make a bucket instead of just, you know, crabbing in the lane trying to get fouled every single time. Here's the other thing about James Harden, though, that you have to recognize. He might be the best isolation player of all time. Statistically, he is. 36 a game, that his MVP season. I mean, if he didn't he play had like that. He 53, 17, yeah. 18 game one time. Yeah, he would have never been an MVP if he didn't play like that either. So it's Okay, like, here's one thing. Well, Embiid does the same thing. We're both Mavs fans. Yeah. Do you, how, a lot of people compare Luka to James. I think that's a great comparison. I think, I think Luka got a lot from James Harden. I think he's actually what's crazy is I think he could have maybe a uh, – I don't want to say better. He could have a similar career to James Harden. I think Luka could win a championship, though, um, eventually, maybe. Do you think Luka not and Kyrie the, can win a championship? Not with the fucking Mavericks. <laughs> when he leaves and goes, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just 20 kidding. years, Dirk, come on. He I'm did, just it, kidding. It took him a while. No, I, I, it definitely did. I, I just, um, we'll talk about the Mavericks next. Let's finish the Rockets, and then we can talk about okay. what, what we okay. want to do with the Mavericks. Okay, fair um, enough. Because there's one more guy I think Houston's looking at. Um, Cam Whitmore, he is one of the youngest players in the draft. He's a wing out of uh, Villanova. 6'7", 230, extremely athletic as well. I mean, not like Amen Thompson because nobody's like Amen Thompson, but like very, very strong, great vertical, good body control. You know, he can finish through contact, that kind of thing. Great at attacking the rim. He's kind of a slasher type, you know. He's got he's got a pretty good handle for a guy that's 6'7". Um, and, you know, he averaged, uh, I think, like 12 points a game or something like that this year, 12 and a half, um, something like that. Uh yeah, can yeah, can yeah. you explain what the slasher role is? I sure. saw that in your position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was looking at your rankings, and I'm just, you know, uh, not familiar. I yeah. mean, I, I can't even imagine what I think it is, but. Yeah, so basically a slasher is a guy, it's it's a guard or a wing who gets the ball in the perimeter and attacks the rim from the perimeter. That's essentially what a slasher is. And sometimes those slashers aren't always scorers. Sometimes those slashers can be distributors, right? Guy that attacks the rim kicks out for three. You know what I mean? Like, that's a super common offense, the driving kick. You know what I mean? Like, revolutionized basketball. So, slashers are super important. Like, highly athletic, usually. Quick first step. Pretty good handle. Good at finishing near the rim. That's kind of the... Those are kind of the the, uh, the qualities in a slasher. For sure. And, I mean, yeah, you could be a slasher, but maybe not, you know, be defined as one. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, LeBron has a ton of slashing tendencies. When he was younger, he did, at least. You know, I mean, obviously, he's not quite as athletic as he used to be. He's still very athletic. But, um, you know, sla- he, he, was, he had a lot of slasher uh, qualities as a young player, um, you know, as a small forward or a wing I'm like um, what I'm seeing from this Whitmore guy. I'm watching this behind Yeah, so right I'll give you the problem with Whitmore that I have. The, the thing that I think uh, that bothers me about him, I think he's really good at everything. I think he's 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 a decent defender. He's not as good of a defender as you would expect maybe, but he's, he's really, really skilled, but he's not a great creator. And so he only averaged 0.7 assists per game, man. Like, you look at the rest of this board, there is nobody who averaged fewer assists uh, than Cam Whitmore did. Um, in my whole first round. Uh, the only guy who's even close is Bilal uh, Koulibaly, I think. Maybe there's one guy under him. But, yeah, I think Bilal Koulibaly had, like, 0.8. We'll get to him later. But, um, yeah, so he's not a great creator, right? But if he ends up on, let's say, Detroit, right? He ends up with the fifth pick. He's not going to have to create that much. So he has Cade Cunningham, right? Cade Cunningham is the creator. And you put you put Whitmore on the wing, Cade at point, and then you have Duran at center. I think that's a pretty good young core. Jaden Ivey? I mean, yeah, Jaden Ivey at shooting guard, obviously, too. Yeah. I you, knew you, I was forgetting you, you somebody. You like Jaden Ivey? 
Uh, I think he's a good scorer. I just I, he's he's a traffic cone on defense. Yeah, he's a traffic cone. Yeah, People nice. just that's just nice. walk over him. What know? about uh, Amen's defense? I mean, he it's great. He, okay, both Thompson. You, you're selling me on that parameters. much more. I mean, you talk about you expect a next step from Jalen Green, maybe into that star potential. I mean, that's what we're I think he for. has the potential for that. For and sure. then, um. Obviously, you hope for a next step from Jabari, and then you throw Amen in there. Seems mm-hmm. like a nice young core. Oh, absolutely. I think Houston has a lot to look forward to. Um, I, I, I like the direction in which they're moving. I'm glad they left. I like Steven Silas because he was a Mavericks guy, but he wasn't the guy for that job. Um, who'd you hire? Ime? Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's an amazing hire. That's an amazing hire. You probably couldn't have... Picked a better guy. Oh, like, he's gonna, he's who, gonna love who was Houston. out there. Like he says, perfect for him. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. It reminds me of that, and you can cut this out if, if it's um, inappropriate. But yeah. it's it reminds me of that scene in uh, Snowfall when uh, what's his name Saints Uncle Jerome walks in. He's like. He thinks he's walking into like a porn maker's house, but the guy makes gay porn. He's like, "Man, where are all the titties? Where are all the titties, and bitches?" And that was like a huge meme going around. I just thought that was so. I'm not familiar know, with that film. People are calling Houston the Dry Miami these days, so maybe you know, <laughs> dry Miami. keep your head on. Is, the that, what you, is that what you call it, Corey? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I've never been to Miami, but I'd like to. I'd like to go too. I've never been as well. So let me ask you something: What's Is up, there bro? any chance the Rockets trade the pick? And if uh, is there a trade potential with any of these top lottery teams? You know, Dame's name is getting floated around. I think Dame know. is going to end up in Miami, kind of. Um, if they can make it work financially, of course, that's always the issue. But uh, I don't think they're going to trade the pick, no. I think I think they're pretty interested in Amen Thompson. Another thing about Amen and Cam, which makes me think they're going to pick Amen, is Amen had a fantastic workout with the Rockets, according to my friends who are scouts who were at, at his workout. They said he looked amazing. And they said Whitmore kind of underwhelmed a little bit. So... I'm pretty so sure Amen had Amen. a great workout. Amen had a great okay. workout. Cam had an okay workout. It sounds like Corey's a big Amen guy. Oh, yeah. I, he sold me. I mean, you talk about give me the most athletic guy that we can mold. Obviously, like, I love skill and things of that nature. But sure. if you're talking, if you're <laughs> well, talking, skill can be taught. You're 20 years old. And you're talking rare athleticism. Like, yeah. I give mean, me that all day. I love, <laughs> I'm going to have to pull that. That was great. Not <laughs> even, not even rare, like generational. Yeah. Give me that all day. Like, I mean, like, one of the best athletes the last. Five I don't years. know. Look at Luca. Zion. How athletic is he? Yeah, yeah but I mean, he's yeah, Luca's very Zion. underratedly athletic in a different way. Yeah, but he's not an explosive that's, athlete. That's pure skill. He's I, a, I love me some European skill. Well, he's a well. He the thing that Luca's good at is decelerating and body control. That's what he's athletic. Yes, at. he's very yes. good. At stop and go. But stop and go. Is I think incredible. I'm so scared of the hyper athletic guy because when the Mavericks drafted Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, but he's that's also five two. So I mean, <laughs> he's very um, small. Yes. Yeah, I get that. I get the Dennis Smith Jr. fears, um, but I just think Amen is. Let's go. I, it's gonna take. It's gonna take. It, it it will take him a couple of years. It will. He's not gonna be rookie of the year, but I think by the time he's in year three, he's gonna be really, really useful, really effective on the court. And I think he has all star upside easily. I think he he could end up being. Uh, I mean, I'm seeing almost seven assists a game as well. Yep. Like he clearly, yeah, he's a great, he's a great distributor. He's a great creator, uh, great perimeter creator, great passer in the pick and roll as well. So he ran a lot of pick and rolls. Um, it's stupid. He played in that stupid league, overtime elite. Um, I'm gonna get, <laughs> I'm gonna get like. We talked hired. about it last I'm gonna time. get. I know. I'm not gonna talk about it. But I got. I'm gonna get like not hired by somebody because they're gonna be like, "Hey, I worked for them." But no, it's stupid. It shouldn't exist. It should be bought out by G League Ignite. Out, um, out of the rest of the guys in the top 
10 yeah. of your draft board, who's who's one guy that that I like a lot that you think could, you know, eventually be an all-star? Top an 10? All-NBA guy. Yeah. Anthony Black at 7. Um, Arkansas kid, 6'7 uh, guard, um, you know, not a huge wingspan, 6'9, but uh, 220's built. He's, he's, he's a big kid. Um, excellent, excellent basketball IQ, very cerebral type of player, right? Very, very, uh, very aware of what's going on around him. Great creator. Uh, the jump shot is okay. It's not great. But what I can tell you is that I did a long, long ass film breakdown on this kid and who kept coming up for me when I watched him was Rajon Rondo. That's who he reminds me of. Really? Yeah. But he's six, seven. Rajon Rondo was like six, two. So he doesn't have a shot. It's his shots better than Rondo's, but because Rondo's was awful. 34% from three. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but. And where's he projected to go? Seven, eight. I think he ends up in Washington. <sighs> that's that's, bad, CP3, for, that's bad for his career. <laughs> it's bad for his career for sure. But, you know, if you're talking just talent, I mean, like you, like we talked about on the last pod of when we did the NFL draft, it's like so much of it is where you land. And I, and I can't remember which one of you said it, but one of you was talking about um, B. John Robinson and how there's a 20% chance that he will be the most productive running back in his class because sure. of, I think it, yeah, I think it was you. Yeah. Um, 20% because of the situation he's in. And like, that could be the situation with Anthony black. I'm really hoping he goes seven, uh, I just really hope he goes to not Washington, but I think that's like exactly where he's going to go. Unfortunately. So we skipped over the elephant in the room. Uh, sure. Victor Webanyama. Yeah. Can you talk about the generational talent? Sure. And yeah. if you have any sources, is anybody trying to trade for that one pick? Not Everybody's that the, tried not to. Not that the Spurs. Everybody wanted it, to. But. And they, the Spurs have not fielded a single offer for Webanyama. They've been offered 10 trades and they just were like, fuck you. <laughs> Every time they're like, no, because Weminyama is set up so perfectly in San Antonio with Popovich mentoring from Duncan, another Frenchman who played for the Spurs and was a star, Tony Parker. You know, he's just set up so perfectly there to succeed. That team sucks. It sucks right now. And they're not going to be good next year. Even Who's their best player right now? Like Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell is their best player for sure. But Keldon, is he all right? Keldon's good. He's just a traffic cone, man. Yeah. Defensively, I like, I like that. He's analogy. a really nice guy. I've never heard that analogy. Traffic cone? <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna yeah. start using that. <laughs> yeah, he just gets dribbled around. Um, I I really like him, but yeah, his defense isn't great. Um, and I'll give you one more in the top 15, not top 10, that I like a lot. Um, I love Kobe Bufkin from Michigan. Man, he's uh he's a sophomore, but he's very young for being a sophomore. He's still under 20 years old. He'll be under 20 on draft day. He's like definitely like a two way guard who can create. He he's he's sort of like Case and Wallace, who I have right in front of him, the Kentucky guard, in that he creates a lot of live ball turnovers. He can rip and run right. So you get that turnover, you push the pace, you score in transition. That's what he's great at doing, and that's such a useful skill to turn those turnovers directly into points. It's you see, and that that helps massive. get on the court instantly. A hundred percent. Being a high-impact defensive guy as a rookie is very rare. It doesn't happen that often. There's only a few examples I can think of of dudes that locked locked it up their rookie year. Evan Mobley, Anthony Davis, like you said, Middleton was really good. Desmond Bain was Desmond Bain was excellent. Yep, you're right. And a great shooter. Man, I wish the Mavs had picked him. Damn. <laughs> that was such a mistake. I like Josh. Okay, but God. Well, speaking of the Mavericks, yeah, we're. Uh, what, what are we thinking there with the tenth pick? Give him the white boy. Grady Day. I kind of. I just see Mavs fans Hell tweeting. No. That. 
<laughs> That's who I like. I like Grady Dick too. It's just not the right fit for what this team needs right now. Do you think the that- dream for the Mavericks? Oh, sorry. What? You know, you go ahead. I'll give you the two or three dream prospects for the Mavericks, and I think they have a decent shot at landing one of them. Number one would be Jarris Walker, University of Houston, six um, nine forward. Um, he it weighs two fifty, and he still has a thirty eight inch vertical. He's like he's like Hercules. It's insane. Um, and he he I think he averaged like twelve something like that a game. Eleven point two. Eleven point two. Yeah, yeah. So. Pretty good scorer. He's working on his jump shot, but he's an excellent defensive player, an excellent rebounder, and he's super strong, super strong and athletic. I just think he is a day one plug-and-play guy wherever he gets drafted. I think he has an extremely high floor. Whether his ceiling is as high as some of uh, his his uh, his counterparts, I don't know, but the floor is very high for him. He does a lot of things that translate immediately, has a lot of scalable traits. So you got um, – what's, what's Amen's brother's name? Asar. Asar. You got Asar right there at nine. Is that a guy you think the Mavericks? Are no, I don't no, think no so. No guards. I think he'll be Hardy. gone. Well, he, he, so here's the difference between Amen and Asar. Asar is a wing, I think. I think Asar projects way more as a wing and Amen projects way more as a point guard because I think, A, Asar isn't nearly as good at creation. He had a similar assist numbers in the regular season at Overtime Elite, but if you look at their playoff numbers, Amen doubled him up in assists per game. Uh, he was averaging like nine or ten assists per game. Again, he's playing against bums. Freaking, you know, Round Rock High School essentially, but... <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there are scalable traits with those guys. Their athleticism is crazy. They can find defenses. And also, they were able to average these amounts of assists with literally the worst spacing I've ever seen. I've I just watched it. I'm like, what the hell is going on in this game? It's insane. Not a good watch. It's insane. It's like watching a different sport. They have this thing. They have like a power plays, like like certain fouls. Like you'll be five on four. It's like it's it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Do you think there's any chance the Mavs trade that pick before tomorrow night? So Thursday night. I've seen a couple of trades that I really like. I think if they can somehow manage to get um, Onyeka Kongwu from, from Atlanta. Atlanta I think they would trade 10 for that, and I think that would be a good trade because I think you know, the 10th you're, you pick, know you're getting kind of there. Absolutely, and the 10th pick is not nearly as valuable as it sounds, to be honest. I know, I know. It's it, the potential of the pick. Once you pick a guy, the value cuts in half. Well, that's kind of that's kind of the deal with when we were talking about Zion being traded up to one of the top teams earlier. It was like, right. it, I, you know, even though he only played, what, like 20? 29 games. 29 games last year. He averaged 26 points. Oh, he was a Oh, he, he was you amazing. know at least when he's on the floor – that you're getting like an all NBA definitely type player, and I, I mean we've talked very highly of Amen Thompson, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, you know the other three guys yeah. besides Wimby Alma. But at the end of the day, we have no idea. R.J. Mm-hmm. Barrett when he was coming out out of college, I mean that yeah, was a guy was that super they were like, oh, right. you know that was a very good draft with Zion and uh, Jaw, but it. Like, all three yeah. of those guys right now are kind of in similar positions. Yeah, I guess it's like a sure thing versus, you know, scratching off a lottery ticket. Yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. But you see still, any of these well, teams it's the floor versus ceiling argument. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, that, and that's what a lot of the draft is. It's the floor versus ceiling argument. It's like, do you draft a guy you know is going to be a solid to really good role player, or do you swing on the guy who's either going to be an all-star or he's out of the league in three years? I swing. I YOLO every single time if I'm a GM. If you're this high in the draft, you got to just YOLO, man. Even at 10? Well, I guess I guess the Mavericks Mavericks are in a bit of a different position. I'm talking more like top five. Okay. Um, But, yeah, the Mavericks have too much 
too many assets. I mean, too much invested into this team already to just do that. That's why Jairus Walker would be the perfect pick because you he's a very high floor guy and he can start on day he one. He could take that Dorian Finney Smith role, maybe. He's not as quick as Dorian Finney Smith, but he's, he's my favorite. I'm, he was I'm more of a perimeter talking. defender than Walker is. Okay. Walker is more of a post guy. I know he's not super tall. So you see him at the four? Four, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and and small ball five. Is he and here's here's what I do like about about uh, Jairus Walker and uh, my conspiracy theory that I'm working on about Jairus Walker. I think he could become Draymond Green. He's an excellent passer. I want passer. I want the Mavs to sign Draymond Green. I would love that. Yeah, I mean, he's a punk, but he's a damn need. good player. Oh, I know. Um, I'd love him on my team. Um, but I think Jairus Walker could become that. Like actually. Like I think he has that. That's his like super high ceiling. But um, I I I love his floor. I love Walker's floor, man. It's just a perfect day one starter immediately. Any other bat. guys like that? You can see the Mavs taking. Um. So I read a piece today on a guy Leonard Miller who also plays for G League Ignite uh, with Scoot. Um. So he's a six eleven forward. He's got a bunch of like random skills, right? Like he he can dribble. Um. Again, a lot of these guys are really good, but their jump shots suck. So I'll get to the guys who can shoot next. Um, real quick, but um, I like Leonard Miller. He's 6'11", 7'4", wingspan. Um, Derek Lively is another guy I've seen at 10, but, like, he just didn't produce at all in college, man. People are like, he should go 10, and I'm like, okay, let's look at it this way, right? So Derek Lively is a defensive rim runner, okay? So he's seven foot one with a 7'8", wingspan, which is outrageous. Um, you look at Mo Bamba, right? Pretty similar measurements, and Mo Bamba tripled this guy's stats in college. I mean, Mo Bamba... Average like 15 points a game. Lively averaged five, five, and one or two. He definitely has the worst stats of anybody in the Him and Koulibaly are easily the two. Like I remember watching him play this year. That's, he's just like, he has no bag. Is it just the Duke thing? that? I, I don't think so. I think he has no bag. <laughs> I think he ha- I just don't think he's very skilled yet. I think he can shoot okay. He also has no confidence yet because he wasn't allowed to shoot in that in the Shire offense. Mm-hmm. The dunker spot, those guys don't go to the perimeter usually. You know what I mean? They play the dunker spot. Filipowski played the dunker spot. I mean, seven, eight wingspan. That's oh, it's outrageous. That's approaching Wimbayama. Yeah, oh, no, it stash. is. He's a uh, he's there's there's three guys with uh with like crazy high wingspans in this draft. Uh, Lively, Weminyama, and then I think Miller has like a really, really big one. Miller too. at seven. seven oh, Koulibaly is also six six with a seven three wingspan, which is wild. Um, let's get to a couple guys who can shoot though. So, you guys want some shooters? Yeah, who's the best shooters? Yeah. and then who's the best defenders? But do shooters? Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm actually writing a piece right now that will be out tomorrow called "Shooters Shoot," and it is a comparison between my two favorite shooters in this draft. Uh who are um, Grady Dick, uh, the white white boy Kansas, from Kansas, white dog. boy from Kansas, and uh, the dude from uh, Connecticut, uh, Jordan Hawkins, who won a national championship this year. Is he a sophomore coming out, junior? He seems older. That's why I'm twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, he's a junior, I think. Um, but he's such a good shooter. He's so he's a movement shooter, which means he can he can shoot off the catch, but he can also shoot off the dribble, right? So and he can come off screens. He can catch the ball, shoot off pin downs, that kind of thing. Um, so what I really like about Jordan Hawkins, though, that is kind of underrated, doesn't show up on a stat sheet, is UConn won the national title this year, right? And if you look at some of the guys who play on these national championship teams, I think winning pedigree is a very underrated thing. Jalen Brunson won a national title at, at uh, Villanova with McCall Bridges last year. I mean, look at the finals this year, man. Christian Brown, like that dude was like the 27th pick or 22nd pick or something, and he like Making made an a impact. major impact. Yep. You know, so I think guys that show – 
potential and, and play well in these big games, I think that translates, man. It's I like think competitive that maturity, character. 100%. I'm big on that in football as well. Like, football, like, yeah. I love competitive character like over anything. I mean, obviously, you got to have the traits. Yeah. Traits are number one, 100%. Sure. But then if you give me a guy with that dog in him. Dude, like that matters. You, you've seen it dudes make. You've too. seen dudes make careers in March. hundred percent. I, I think of a guy, Kemba like, Walker. Yeah, or even like R.J. Hunter on Georgia State. That's right. About, like, I, I he totally got, forgot about him. He got drafted in the lottery and was just Insane. like, you know, like never made anything in the league, but he had one really good tournament where he was shooting lights out. Oh yeah, man. Probably had some good workouts. Got I mean, drafted think about Anthony round. Bennett, dude. That wasn't even a tournament. That was just like the worst draft I've ever oh seen. I was watching his highlights the other day. I was like, I watched like a full highlight to try to figure like one out. One minute? <laughs> college. No, oh, college. Pro, yeah. yeah. I, I saw, all right, this is the best tweet I saw this week was uh, Mariah Mills tweeting at Zion like, I got a sex video of you or whatever. And the, the fucking top response was, she's got more tape on Zion than the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I love I love Hawkins out of UConn, and I love Grady Dick. I, I know I, I was making fun of him earlier, but he's not just a shooter, man. People, it's kind of like a race thing. They, they see a skinny, tall, white guy, and they go, oh, he's a three-point shooter, which he is, but he's also a lot more than that. He's not a, a lockdown elite defender, but he's not a traffic cone. He's not a joke. He will struggle as a rookie defensively for sure. But I think he's capable of being like a solid to decent defender. Is he better is he better than Christian Brown? Uh they're not that similar really. Is I, he but like will he be better as I think a rookie? There's, I think uh if he was put in a similar situation. I think Christian Brown is a higher floor guy than Grady Dick. Okay. Uh, actually I don't know. You know what? That's a really good thing. A uh, really good thing to think about. I, I think they'll probably have similar roles as rookies. And I think Grady Dick is one of those guys who has a high floor and will make an impact early versus an Asar Thompson who's going to take a couple years. Okay. Uh, and then my third favorite shooter is Bryce Sensabaugh uh, as a wing out of Ohio State. Um, he's about 20 years old. I think he's uh, he's still a freshman, but he averaged like 18 points a game or something. Like he Watched a lot out. of Ohio State this last year. Yeah, he's I, yeah. he was fantastic. And they went on that tear at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, they were terrible, but he was great. No, oh, they but at the at end the, the in, first like half of the year they were yeah. awful. And then they I started betting against them and they started winning <laughs> against like Purdue and random games like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sensabaugh is a is definitely a guy that's going to get a lot of minutes just cuz his ability to shoot. He's a Really bad defender, but whew, he can shoot the ball. And then uh, Whitehead can shoot really well, and so can Pajemski, and so can uh, uh, Jet Howard, and so can Julian Strother. So Those beyond beyond the you know wing defenders that we've already mentioned, yep. Who else do I like? Yeah, just like rank the best defenders. Okay, right? uh, Bali. Uh, I have him sixteenth. A lot of people have him like top ten. I I don't like his offensive same game team enough. Played for the same team as yep. I Yeah, he was in the same team as uh, Victor Wembanyama was. Um, so. They call him Cooley, but um, younger than Wimbayama too. Yeah, he's super young. He'll he'll be nineteen on draft day. Um, Bilal Koulibaly, though, he's just not good enough on offense for me to rank him in the top ten. But defensively, he might he could be one of the best defenders in the league. That's the kind of potentially has because he's six six and he's a wing, but he has a seven three wingspan, which is outrageous. Can he United shoot at all? Six six. Yeah. I don't think he can shoot. I don't like his. I don't like his offense really. I mean. He he has decent shooting numbers, but he didn't shoot at a high enough clip for it to like make sense one, to me. One. Five points a game. Yeah, average. exactly, dude. That's why people are putting him at like nine, and I'm like, dude, well, he yeah. scored five points a game. He last shot forty five percent from three, but he only attempted, he attempted one per game. game. Yeah, less than. You know what I mean? So so I I can't, you got to take that with a grain of salt, kinda. You know, um, but he is an incredible defender, like 
amazing. So I'd say he's probably the best wing defender. Um, I'd say the Thompson twins are probably two and three. Um, and then I would say, uh, and then I would say, mm, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, City Sissoko from the G League. He's a really good wing defender too. Is Wimbayama one of the best defenders? Like oh, all yeah. around, he's a game changer, man. But he's just end. more like he's a post. Paint, he's a post, post guy, guy. Yeah. defensively. He's eight feet tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defensively, he plays like a like a rim protector, rim runner. But offensively, he has this like crazy bag where he can put the ball on the deck and shoot all pin down I screens. Can't wait. It's, I can't it's, wait. it's outrageous, man. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun to watch. And uh, I'll give you one more defensive guy, and then we can sort of start wrapping up. Um, but yeah, I love so I love City Sissoko. He's this kid uh, from France. He's very young as well. He played for G League Ignite last year. France with, is uh, killing, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, three guys are going to go in the first round um, from France this year, which is sorry. Cool. Continue. No, no, you, don't be sorry, dude. It's your show. I <laughs> <laughs> interrupt you. No, you're good, bro. Um, yeah, so I really like all three of their defenses, and then another guy that I like all around um, that I think is a high floor guy as well as Chris Murray's Keegan Murray's brother. Keegan Murray was amazing last year. For uh for the Sacramento Kings, um, he's not quite as good as as his brother is, but it indicates how damn good this draft is. That like his twin brother went what, what seven seven something like that. He's gonna go two. like twenty fifth, probably twenty seventh. I didn't realize how old. Like he's 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 almost, old, he's but like his brother was an older guy too, though. Yeah, wasn't yeah. He? His brother was an upper yeah. class. They're twins. Yeah. Well, the same he, age. Yeah, he had like. This that one good year at Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was great in. in oh, first he was. Year. Oh, yeah. Was he rookie of the year? No, it was um Paul. 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 Yeah, that's right. Duh. Obviously. But I mean, Keegan Murray probably. Went, Keegan Murray's he, was like two or three. I think he went yeah. the furthest in the playoffs. And he, he was like, the major rookies. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. really. The age doesn't really bother me. Especially Christian Brown the 20s. was the best I, playoff rookie. Probably, but Keegan but, Murray yeah. played like thirty minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's a that's a damn good team, man. Um, but yeah, I I love um I love. I love this first round, dude. I really – there's so many guys I like in the first round. Um, I'm going to give you one more guy that's interesting, and then um, – got to ask you for one yeah, yeah. second-round guy after – Oh, yeah, I have a, I have a full second round. Maybe too. some Texas guys as well. Like, There's only one oh, Texas yeah. guy that I think is going to play in the NBA. That, Jabari? This team is Sir Jabari Rice. Right, yeah. I'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I love uh, – sorry, what was the original question you asked me? Sorry. Uh, one sleeper in the oh, second, yeah. in the second round, like a guy in the second round that you think could, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard to project. Like, oh, that guy's gonna be a no, I get all it, NBA, but just you know, a guy that I think could make an, an impact. And yeah, year yeah, one, yeah. Year so two. I love Kobe Brown out of Missouri. He's uh, he's huge. He's six eight two fifty. Right, he's a big dude. He's kind of wild. Like he's wild yeah, with the ball. He's wild with the ball, but he shot like forty percent from three. Like he balled. Right, so. Um, he, and how old is he? He's old. That's the, that's the knock on him. He's like 23, but I think he's a great second round pick. I would totally take him in the second round. And, and, and just being at six eight two fifty is he's so big. Like that's it's a kinda, that's, he's physically built kind of slow though. Maybe yeah, a little, I, maybe a little, kinda, you know, kind of, I'm talking second round talent yeah, though. There's yeah, going to be flaws yeah. with any of those oh, guys. Yeah, obviously you, know? you would have had him rated higher if, if you thought he was better. Than, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely, I still he, like him though. If he got on like a decent team, he could. Yes. Be that's, a that's the key of the Christian guy. Brown thing, right? He ended up on the best team in the NBA with a, arguably the best coach in the NBA. Top five to me, at least. Um, last guy I want to talk about though, is our friend Gigi Jackson, Gregory Gigi Jackson, the second out of South Carolina, who is the youngest player in the draft. How old is he? 18. He's 18 and a half. Jeez. Um, yeah, I know. So, interesting story with this kid, right? He's from the Carolinas. I forget which one. So, he commits to North Carolina um, as the part of the class of 2023. 
And then his family is like, nah, you need to go to the NBA sooner than that. So he reclassifies to 22, transfers from North Carolina to South Carolina, which is one of the worst teams in the SEC. Um, and this kid was projected to be a top 10 pick before the season. And I have him at 27 because he's so inefficient. He makes really bad choices sometimes with the ball. A lot of immaturity concerns. Like, he got cut. All right, so this is a rumor. I don't can't confirm it's him. Pretty sure it's him. He had a terrible workout, and <laughs> the coach went in to the locker room, and he was hitting a jewel. It's like, dude, leave the jewel at home, man. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I don't know that it was him, but that's what I've heard. It's probably him. I, I like Gigi. I what? think he has a lot of talent. Is I that just, because, I mean, the inconsistency and the willingness? Inconsistency to, is the problem. But, but was that because he was on such a – I mean, South Carolina was better. Well, they're, they're pretty, not, bad. They're pretty they beat, bad. I remember they beat uh, – They upset some people, but – and, and he had flashes. Okay. He had but, Yeah, I was about to like, is it because he was on such a bad team for most yeah, of the time? Like, so, he was put in a position to be like, all right, go out there and just ball. Just yeah. Go. And so, like, my that's why you, you kind of look at his stats. So, he was the second leading SEC freshman scoring uh, leader behind Brandon Miller. Um, but he's just inconsistent. He's not very efficient. You know what I mean? Do you think there's a chance that – um, he goes a little bit higher than he, you have to He will definitely go higher. Because, you know, definitely. some team's going to take a swing on the He'll talent. probably go 20 or 19, honestly. Mm. Yeah, something like that. Um, but, yeah, man, that's, that's most of the first round, brother. That's, uh, What's the deal with Jabari? Is he, uh, Sir Jabari does Rice. he have any chance to be any good or what? I do I do think he does, man. I was talking to my friend, um, Richie Stamen. goes by Mavs Draft on Twitter. Definitely follow him. He I think posts, I do. Um, I think he's I do fantastic him, yeah. content. So a very good friend of mine. We're gonna hang out in summer league in Vegas. Actually, um, oh, yeah. great dude. We we met at the TCU Texas game. We scouted it together. It's really fun. Um, but he was talking about how he thinks Serge Barry Rice is like a bona fide NBA player for sure. He he said he would take a late second rounder on him because the problem with Serge Barry is, is a his age. B he's not like he doesn't like super excel at one thing. He's really good at a lot of things. He's a pretty good perimeter defender. He's a pretty good three point shooter. I think he was 38 percent last year. Um, Decent handles, but that shot fake is nasty, disgusting, dude. I've never seen a better shot fake. And every coach I talked to this year in the Big 12 after Texas games at press conferences, they all said, best pump fake I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. So no Marcus Carr? or I think Marcus Carr is going to end up playing in Europe, um, which will be sense. awesome. Yeah, I, I, but it's, I, I, That's I a great life. His, his game never... That I don't think really translates so, to his NBA. He's just not quite athletic or big enough. Yeah. For some really Texas problem. fans who sure. might not understand, like, because they saw him be good in college, like, sure. what is it just the athleticism that's not yeah. a so when you, average athlete by NBA standards? Yes, yes, yes. So if you look at, like, the Old. Rivals Top 100, right? You look at the Rivals Top 100 and you see all these guys. You see Dylan Mitchell at number four, right? And you're like, what the hell? Like, why? If you look at his skill set. Rankings are often based on athletic framework within which these guys can work to make it to the NBA. Traits. Traits. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like a lot of it is just physical, man. Like there's dudes like my friend from high school, Chuka, um, played outside linebacker at Oklahoma. And uh, he never played a lot, but he was just big <laughs> and fast. Yeah. It wasn't that good. He was just big and fast. Um, so, you know, that's a lot of the it. coaches will think they'll try to get you in, into their program and be like, oh, well, once he gets here. Give like, me this well, guy, yeah. I'll coach him yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 100% what it is. But if you work with the right guys, like like Scoot has been working with Steph Curry on a shot, and so has Anthony Black. So I think that'll help probably. Yeah. I mean, obviously that doesn't mean he's going to shoot like Steph. It just means oh, but you, there is, there he is, can get the form down. I yeah. mean, there's a reason why that they 
I mean, they wouldn't rank guys like that if it didn't work out. A lot 100%, of the time. man. Yeah. But I it mean, also doesn't. So that's my job is to look at rankings and figure them out, you know? Um, before we get out of here, I had to ask you, I saw on Twitter last night, you were, you're getting into it with some Texas tech. <laughs> yeah. And what, what was, I went to what war last on? night, boys. No, I just, um, it's all in good fun. I have a ton of friends. I went to tech and my best friend is from there and lives out there. Um, but, uh, they were talking a lot of smack about the Micah Hudson thing. And they were like, you know, we took a recruit from you and, uh, I just kind of had to set him straight and I was like, all right. Let's look at the stats real quick, okay? I'm going to pull up this tweet. So, in the last uh, 10 years, arguably Texas' worst 10 years since the 1950s, um, Texas Tech is 3-7 and seven against Texas. Is this football? Yeah. Yes, just okay. football. From 2000 on, they are 5-18 and 18 against Texas. All time, they are 18-54 and 54 against Texas. And in Texas' worst season ever, 2021, they lost by five touchdowns. That's all I said. And then uh, it just, I got attacked. But then they were like, well, last year, last year we beat you. I'm like, fine, but like, it's just 12 fourth down conversions, but you know. Yeah, and Bijan fumbled. Like, yeah, never, it was a freak accident. Yeah. I was there. It was no not fun. I just like, you know, I obviously this isn't all, no fan base is free of a-holes, but. Oh, we got a lot of them. We got a <laughs> lot. Probably, or Texas fans have a lot, too. I think I'm probably tech, one of them. No, you're fine. The way I tech, talk about Texas. Tech fans, the vitriol from a lot of the tech guys at the Texas people just seems like kind of out of place to me and, and just over the top. Obviously, not all tech people. Love some of them. My brother-in-law went to tech. Great guy and his wife, They're too. a little delusional. They got a little aggy in them. A little bit, yeah. I think that's probably what it is. But yeah. um, it was just fun, but it, it kind of went viral. I got, like, bings all night. I got, like, 500 hits. I'm like, <laughs> 50 retweets or something. And of course, it's draft week, and my biggest tweet of all time is not about the NBA draft during <laughs> draft week. Now, they did end up being vindicated, but their reception when Chris Beard and the Longhorns came to town was all-time uh, Oh, that was scumbag. honestly, dude, I was at the Texas Tech-Texas game, the Chris Beard return game. I was there. Dog. It was a zoo. Man, wild ass That's animals what I'm out there. Bro. That's what I'm saying. Wild ass animals. I didn't That's think it was. It. I went to. Tech I didn't for even a short think time. it was like. I didn't even think it was like they weren't like throwing stuff at them. No, it was just. It was just loud. Everyone's beyond out. wasted. Some yeah, of the, oh yeah. Some of the chants were a little over the top. Oh, they were obscene. But like, <laughs> hey, Chris, a, Chris Beard's. Yeah, I think obscene, obscene chants are fine, yeah. especially at that guy. <laughs> like, yeah, they knew who he was, man. Well, that's what we I'm saying. They ended up being vindicated, but at the For time, sure. it was no, it was gross. It was yeah. all. It was all gross. Yeah, well, now, was now gross. he's a. He's just an old Miss rebel now. Culture. Yeah, he's gross. How gross was that? How gross was that tweet? How how gross was that tweet? That's 2023. Imagine being like a mother. Like a mother. Even though, like, he did something that, but also, supposedly, Randy, his. Oh, I'm sure she's not. Supposedly, she's innocent. She's crazy. I know. Shay, Shay, when when this was all going on, we had some strong thoughts on. On what was really oh, yeah. going on. I'm sure Shay's she's working. not without. Shay, you want to shout out that project you're working on right now? The project that maybe is similar to what Chris Chris Beard might have dealt with with his. Oh, oh, justice for Armadillo. Yeah. Oh, that's just a that's just a girl who's lying on a man trying you know trying to commit insurance fraud. Um, <laughs> what is going on? Are we victim but, blaming now? Is that what we're doing on this podcast? No, that's no, what no, we no, call no. the podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically the nature of you know, victims and whatnot. But um, you know, we like to treat our listeners. Need to... We like to treat our listeners to a little some nuggets at the end of the show. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Justice for Armadillo. Um, you know, yes. Uh, the 460th District Court of I guess Texas 
guys, um, Travis County here, Selena Alvarenga trying to convict a man because, you know, some woman lied on him. It's not a big deal, but, um, you know, basically they did rather than uh, say a, uh, an older white woman is lying, they would give a Mexican dude uh, the minimum and, and just ship it on out. But that's just how it is. Um, what was like the actual? What was, what was the actual context? Just besides just justice oh, for We're talking about CB. We're talking about, we're talking about CB and just oh like yeah. Well, how he gross shouldn't have been. A, he shouldn't have been charged um, until they had you know done more investigating. That's I mean, really he, just he a, was charged. They could have. Well, or uh, he just didn't get uh, convicted. They dropped. The yeah, yeah, I know. But you can. Should, like, you don't have any evidence. You can charge him later. By coming out and, you know, uh, making that public and charging him at that moment and then, you know, like not even progressing with the case. And then they that's waited. That's fucked his job And up. then they, like, waited a month, like, oh, we're going to wait and see. And then, and and then, then dismissed and, it. And then oh, it was yeah. handled poorly Typic- by Typically, if you charge someone, that means you're prepared to win the trial with evidence. Like, that's so kind of what just I gonna... think. I don't think he's an innocent guy. And yeah, I've heard saying. a lot of things from friends who live in Lubbock that means he likes drinking. He does like to drink, like Huggins, man. It's very a stressful job, dude. It makes sense that some of these guys are alcoholics. It makes a lot I, of sense. I th- there was a red flag. So me and uh, shout out, uh, shout out to the horn. We would do sure. his yeah. weekly Longhorn weekly interview. And yeah, I remember one time somebody asked him what his favorite beer was to drink after a win. Yeah. And he went on a four-minute rant. He just likes to talk about to all the alcohols that he he likes to engage in. Not great. And that was he, the first red flag. He was like, going to I, hit the town for late night. Yeah. After everything went down, I thought back to that. I was like, oh, that's rough, you know. dude. Yeah. I mean, Ty, were you that, with that me a one-word answer? Were you with me? No, at Don's but y'all, y'all, was there. y'all were calling me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was after it was after one of the Texas uh, Longhorn football games last year, or I guess it was probably last year. Yeah, and uh, he was just out there. I mean. We didn't like catch shaking up hands, talk kissing to him, babies. I was just having a, a good time, you know. Yeah, out there drinking at Don's Depot, and uh, I guess I was with, I was with Cody and Mac. I can say this Shout out. about about the situation, not about that situation, but about the coaching situation in general. Uh, Rodney Terry is way nicer. <laughs> He's a much nicer guy. Seems like, and and he knew my name the first press conference. He knew my name, and I had never met him. He came out, and I was like, asked him a question, didn't say my name, and he knew my name. And it's like, that's really cool that he's taking the time to learn journalist names that he doesn't know. Like, that's an indication. Chris Beard That's why he's that. such a good re- recruiter, man. He makes you feel at home. That's what yeah. Ron Holland told me after he committed an Duke commander. That's what A.J. Johnson told me before he committed an Duke commander. You know what I mean? Like, that's his pitch. What's it's happening? Like, he's like your dad. With what? No, like. Oh, oh no, no. The they lost they a couple committed. guys. Uh, so they both went pro. No. Yeah, you yeah. can't whatever. They had these. They, they had didn't these, go to other like, schools. Top of the recruiting pro. class recruits that two five stars, yeah. and they both went pro. All right, well, guys, we're going we're going over a little bit. But anyone got any final thoughts before we we shut this hoe down? Uh, thank you guys for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Shout Love out, shout out to Draft Punk. Draft Punk, Orange Check Bloods, The Horn. Man, I uh, I love talking sports with anybody. And, uh, man, I'm super stoked to have uh, to be on y'all's pod, man. I'll yeah. come whenever well, you want. Well, thank yeah. you for coming out. And, of course, uh, dude. You know, you said you're going to the summer league. We'll probably yep. have to maybe get you to call in while you're there. Yeah, definitely, something. man. It'll be fun. Yeah, uh, so I'll be there from July 6th through the 9th, I believe, okay. or 6th through cool. the 8th. Uh, I think we're going to do a my, so you know my parents go out of town on a nice vacation for nice. uh 4th of July every year and they you know they let you leave the home they leave me here yeah. and uh I, I go they have a nice house so cool. I think I was thinking house. about we do a uh, remote like um, yeah I'm going to have a party we should we tweet out your address we do a, <laughs> we do, we do a, rem, a remote podcast a football karaoke of sorts I love that to catch up on 
you know, haven't seen some friends in a while and yeah, just to do some, do some cool stuff like that. And the summer's going to, it's going to be, it might, the dog days are coming where we might not have as much to talk about, but there's going to be some big, there's always some hoops, fun, maybe. fun, fun. Yeah. There's always hoops going on. Somewhere. Yeah. We actually told the <laughs> listeners like two weeks ago that we were done talking NBA for a while. And I think since then we've, Hey, the NBA has done a great job NBA. of becoming a year round sport. Yeah, much like the NFL. Yep. They followed the model. That's a great point. That's oh. a great point. Um, Keenan, thanks for coming on. Dude, hell yeah. Anytime. For Ty Henderson. Shea Holt. Keenan Womack. Corey Gidry. Brock Bollinger. We are the Lone Star Lowdown.